In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, we're going to do a follow-up to Hurtful Words. We still have some things to talk about and don't want to make the mistakes of former podcasts where we like, oh, we have an epiphany, and then don't follow up. See you on the other side. It is I, the cute dog in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, my favorite person in the world, Gina Moran. Honey, salutations, if you will. Hey, baby. Hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> um, so this week, this week we're, uh, we're going to get started here with an unplanned open discussion journey episode, and I want to follow up what we did the last time. Um, because months ago we did a show about everything that was going on in our life and what we needed to talk about. And then we just let life get in the way. And you ever find yourself just allowing life to get in the way. So I don't even know this is, this is unplanned. I haven't asked Jeannie, you know, I've asked her in the interim how her heart is, how she's doing, but I have not asked her, you know, where she is with the show and uh and what we did and it's pretty darn raw and you know an email that i got about the show was very kind you know this human being just uh saying how much uh he appreciates our raw take like the way that we put it out there and it's like please just continue to be real because that it matters it may not be the most popular method we're not superstar celebrities it's not edited we're not you know yeah it's not done in a really beautiful studio with you know all the proper equipment (laughs) yeah but it is awesome because i'm i'm following it's big to me to follow through on my promises and i don't always get it right but i want to come in here sit down at this microphone and talk about what we're going through so hopefully it helps you and your relationship and so with that being said, make sure that you use the email Quincy at MVSM podcast, Quincy at MVSM podcast.com. Uh, and that's MVSM like man versus marriage. So with that, come on, man, this, this microphone stand needs some blue pill or what? <laughs> this keeps on, uh, keeps on deflating. <laughs> it's weird. All right, honey. So let's set the stage. If y'all haven't listened to the, uh, to the episode that comes before this, you better go listen to it. Now, the episode, it's going to be called Hurtful Words, um, or it is called Hurtful Words. The episode before that, Something's Off, and that's an important one to listen to as well. It's a very long episode. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to try to pretend it's not. You see it there in black and white. But it's, uh, it's imperative that you, you listen to those episodes so you can understand what we're talking about here. Just a quick recap. Honey, give us a quick recap of what we talked about the last time. Why are you going to do that to me? We just talked about some things that were off. We weren't communicating. Um, We had an argument that had a a pretty good zinger in it. And um, it carried over for probably about three weeks, I guess. At least. At least. And, uh, you know, we finally just sat down and dissected it. And in all fairness... On top of the hurtful words, we had a stack of stuff going on, which doesn't seem to be changing for us much. If you listen to the podcast, we've always got stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But we had some pretty big decisions going on and some things that we really need to be on the same page with. And we just weren't even in the same book at the time. So it, it created some havoc. Yeah, and I want to do a show that talks about how do we get on the same page. And I think from that experience, we've had to do it a few times where uh, we're on a pretty good streak of, you know, getting together, having date night or, you know, talking and then just allow ourselves to get overwhelmed, not do the check-ins. And then before you know it, here we are in this place again where we're having to reconcile. Oh, we haven't been doing the date nights either for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, we resorted to doing the hockey thing yeah it was a once in a while thing 
you know, we just did our last hockey game. So now we have to recalibrate, which we're not good at recalibrating until there's a problem. <laughs> and that to me needs to, that's got to change. Yeah. Um, we have, we have areas where, or we have stretches where we're really good. And then for some reason we just allow ourselves to get out of the cycle. So it was a zinger. Um, we were on our way back from Alabama getting trashed by Oklahoma. Um, and I'm trying to talk to Jeannie about a cruise and you know, this is a couple years of pain and butt hurt feelings and et cetera. When I'm just trying to talk about something and, and go to the clouds and just have a discussion, not something I want to do right away. And her response to me, um, was like, I'm not interested. It's not even a thought. And I had an emotional outburst really as far as my core, my core being my philosophy, the way I live, emotional outburst are just not acceptable. I know there are times where I need to just let loose um, and just kind of give the straightforward, here's, here's where I'm at type deal. Um, but that was uncalled for, and it was laced with some resentment um, that probably, I'm not probably, just was not necessary. But uh, there was some buildup there and things that we hadn't talked about. And so here I am carrying something. I'm not even aware that I'm carrying it because in the moment it's like, ah, it's not a big deal. Just keep going. Um, but when you don't, when you're not checking in and you're, and there are a few things in a row that kind of stack up that frustrate you and you're not talking about it. And then life starts to add pressure because life adds pressure to us all in various ways. Well, then, um, if your emotional intelligence uh, is at an all-time low or just has a chink in the armor, then you will, then you'll have an emotional outburst moment. And it's not good to do that on your family. It's not good to do that to people that you care about. And this was like, I don't know why you're so selfish. I, I still can't remember exactly what I said. I'll have to go back and listen to the show this week. But it was not, it, it was, it was just not a good thing to say. And it was very hurtful to Jeannie. And I don't, I mean, like we talked about in that particular episode, I don't sit there and look at her as like a selfish human being. But then she flipped it around and said, well, you're so intentional with your words. I need to, I need to look at myself. Um, if there's a pattern you've noticed, I need to look at myself and see kind of what this is all about. So I don't even know if you had the time this week because the girls, you know, were on spring break, et cetera. But um, I just want to come back to you and kind of revisit it to see where you're at right now. Because what I don't want us to do is have an aha moment, like as a discussion as a whole, and then not to come back and follow it up. Because there are several shows that we need to follow up on. The romance show. We need to follow through on that date and bring it back to the group and say, hey, here's how it worked. Or whatever these, whatever the shows are that we're doing. So, um, this is all unscripted. So, where you're at is where you're at. Where I am is where I am. But how, after this show, how, because it was pretty emotional. You know, and one thing that the, the, the guy that emailed said, I love Raw, or I love the Raw show. I said, well, if you think that show was Raw, there's one. This one coming is pretty freaking tough anyway i'm rambling on um how are you doing and where are where are you um i think i'm all right right now um i've just been like i said I, i'm still running things through a filter as far as my own behaviors trying to kind of catch if there's a pattern that i'm missing um there have been a couple of situations being out with the girls and doing things where um normally you know I wouldn't mind shopping or buying things or doing things because it doesn't it doesn't phase me until after the fact and then I know you're upset because we've spent money I've spent money we shouldn't be spending so I've I've caught myself not doing that this week um you know it's just kind of weird 
because it's, it's a habit. It's just something that's real easy for me to do. And, um, I just ran it through and was like, no, I don't, I don't want to give you a reason to be upset. I don't want to go back to, to arguing over something that's petty. Um, outside of that, I really haven't given a whole lot of thought because we had, we had other stuff that came up and emotionally I was kind of sitting on that for a little bit because it, it took me about three days to get unangry (laughs) about that situation. And it wasn't, you know, it just to kind of clear the air, it wasn't between you and me. It was something that happened outside of you and me, but I was still pissed for your behalf. So, um, I really hadn't focused a whole lot. I just started filtering as I'm doing things, you know, is, is this a good plan? Is this gonna, you know, make this worse? Is this going to make this better? Do I need this? Do I really want to do this? That kind of thing. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. And I, it sounds ugly for you to say, um, this is just where, you know, my side of the table, it kind of sounds ugly for you to say, I'm not going to do this because I don't want to give you a reason to be upset. So it sounds and feels ugly. Um, so I'd like to know more about what that means. Like when you were out shopping or whatever, because as far as I go with money, it's about our financial goals and, uh, I mean, we had talked about it too. The the shopping thing is like, there's a deeper element to it that you're going to have to explore for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it? What does that? What does that mean? Like you don't want to? Like the only reason you're not doing this particular thing is because you don't want to give me a reason to be upset. What does that? What does that mean? Did I understand that right? Yeah, it's just it's the same old thing. It's. It's if I'm spending money that I shouldn't be or, um, you know, I'm getting something without, I guess, I hate saying permission, but without talking to you about it, um, you know, it puts me back in the selfish box. So I just didn't. Dead air is not good. No. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's not, but I'm just kind of trying to wrap my head around that. I think I, I just, where I'm at is like when it comes to our finances, um, I try to be really diligent and save money in case I want to buy something, you know? And then I look at it very analytically and try not to have emotion involved even though I get emotional because then I get upset when it's like the surprise comes to the money that's spent. But I look at it uh, from here and forward and it's like, well, here's what we agreed on because a budget is like what we agreed mm-hmm. on. So, I mean, you're an adult. It's not like you need my permission to go out and buy stuff. But I do. But you do outside of the budget. Because the budget is like what we agreed to. It is, but there's a difference. You have stash cash. You have savings. I do not. I don't have a check coming where I can do that. I have the book money, but that is something that we agreed is for the book. Outside of that, I don't have the same things you do. So it's a little different. Because you can... You could see something you want and you have the money to do that. I don't. And it's very easy for me to just go, fuck it, put it on a card. And then I get what I want. But it's, it's not, I'm not doing that to be spiteful. It's, it is what it is. I don't work, so I don't have the income. I don't have a check coming in, so I'm not pulling cash. We took our um, monthly allowance away when we moved. Right. Well, but the thing is, though, is that, the money I saved was during that time. I didn't spend all, we both got the same amount of money during allowance time when we were saving. Mm -hmm. So I just stacked my money and you spent your money. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm still taking money from myself. It's I, 
exercise the discipline to say, I'm just going to save this money for as long as I can until I want something. And then it has to, it passes a deep level of scrutiny. It's not like brand new money that I just got out of 10 air. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's, it's, we took away the allowance money. So there is no allowance money. So there is no, if you want to go do something for yourself, here's your cash to go do it. If you want to go drive through and, and get something with the kids, here's the extra money to do it. It's not there anymore. So it's a little harder for me. It's just, it's just learning a different discipline, I guess. That's all. Yeah. I mean, if we look at the budget again and say, look, I don't know where. We don't have anywhere else to take from the budget right now. We really don't. So it's, it's not something that I have to have. It's, it's, it's not that, that the whole money thing is beside the point. It wasn't about not having the money or having the money. It was about making the decision. Do I use the card or not use the card? Because this is the behavior and the pattern that has you in the place that you're in. That's what it is. That is the one place that I am consistent. So now I'm just paying attention. Okay. I struggle when you get emotional. Hmm. I, you know. You and me both. Yeah. I understand. I just, I struggle. So I'm sitting here going, oh, geez, how can I fix this? How can I fix this? You but don't need to fix it. I understand. I'm, I understand that part. Um, but how do we address it where you're not like having to go through this on your own? That's, or maybe you need to go through. I don't know. No idea. I just, uh, you know, as well as I do, I was not, I was not always a beacon of discipline. Just not because you could look at my eating habits that I had. Well, that's the difference. Yours was eating. Mine was money. You grew up where food was the constellation. If we look at everything that you've gone through as a kid and up till you took control of your life, you had family who fed you. I mean, it's a pattern in everybody's life. Somebody passes away, everybody brings you food. If there's a celebration, there's food. If there's, um, you know, if you're struggling, I'm, I'm case in point, my intake in sugar and carbs and soda goes way up when I'm emotional or I'm going through something. It is what it is. Um, that's what you had. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got a hold of that. I grew up in a home where when we felt shitty, we went shopping. Hmm. When they were arguing, we went shopping. If something was missing or um, you needed to feel good about yourself, you went and bought something that made you feel good about yourself. That's what my house was. It's I've always been that way. I mean, but it's weird because growing up as a kid, when my grandmother would spend money on everybody, that was like kind of how she showed her love, I guess. I never wanted her to buy me anything. Out of the three of us that were going out, two were like top brands. What's the newest fad? What's the most expensive thing they could get away with without being told, you know, no, that's too expensive, put it back. I was the opposite. I was the kid that went into the little Hello Kitty store and spent three bucks on a prize bag and I was content. But in my personal house, he had car money, she had her money, and then they had household money. And when things weren't going well, we had new car parts, or we had a new vehicle that showed up, or we had new clothing that came in, or, you know, a room that suddenly needed to be painted. It's just, I don't know, it's just a pattern we grew up with, and I took it on. Yeah. Because I'm kind of looking at that going, the way you define self-love is with money. Uh, No, the way I define self-love is with um, things. It's not money. The money gets the things. It's the things, not the money. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's the action item. Yeah, but it's not like... I don't need to be paid to feel love if that, that's... Well, right now it seems <coughs> like, like uh, you're paying yourself to feel loved because it's money is the mechanism. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know how to put it into words. I know. Um, I don't know. I'm just in a weird spot. I gotcha. I'm, uh, I'm just, what I'm kind of, I'm just taking out of it. Um, it, I'm just taking out of it that it's, it's like, and this is, like, this is nothing, but it's like you, you really are going to have to go on the path of reestablishing what self-love is. Yeah, but it's not just for me. That's the thing. The money spent is not just buying things for myself. I understand that. It's like, I feel shitty today, but um, our kid got a promotion in ROTC and we need to celebrate it. So it's real easy for me to just go, well, it's not really in the budget, but she did something good. We're going to go celebrate. And I will go spend 50 bucks to have a little party for her at the house. Not planned, not on the budget. Usually it's not an issue between the two of us, but then when we sit down to do the money, it's like we went over budget by whatever, and this is why. And it's it's not always just me. It's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it without... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it thoroughly. We'll put it that way. I'm that's still fair. figuring it out. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm not, I'm not a, like asking you to figure out on the microphone. I'm not even trying to diagnose you. I'm just saying this temporarily fills a need. Yeah. This action, temp, whether it's about, it's for you or it's for somebody else. Yeah. And it's a short lived high. So, and so the, and that was precisely the deal you know, with my, I mean, I'm for the, for the longest time, I just lived a guilt based life. Yeah. You know, and that was, you felt guilty for everything good. Well, because it wasn't in the box of what was considered good. <laughs> I don't even mean, I don't even mean that. I didn't, I didn't really feel guilty about everything good, but when I would uh, get incredibly emotional and just go on a binge and eat, you know, during the moment, it's like, oh yeah, this is going to make me happy or whatever. And then afterwards, you know, it's like buyer's remorse mm -hmm. and it's like, uh, but I, I don't know what, it, I don't, it was like when we started doing that living life by design thing and, you know, I just, I just took a step back from myself and looked at it and I know guys are wired different than, than girls. I get that. Um, I've never been a girl, so I, you know, I can only see from the outside, but I go, I need to create a standard for my life because right now I'm just allowing my emotions, my disappointments, my resentment, I'm allowing all those things to really guide my actions. And so I don't, I have no discipline. I have no self-control. I mean, there's areas where I would have some self-control. But ultimately, this was something that affected my life every single day. And so that's what, that's kind of what I went into when I, when it was like, it's like, I need to be the gatekeeper of what I allow myself to do. I need to have discipline. And that's something that little Mo and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago and just talking about the 75 hard that we did. And, you know, my brother's really just railing me. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And for me, I, I need to challenge myself. I need to grow my ability to remain disciplined. Um, and I don't, it's not that I, how do I put it? It's not, it's, it's not that I want to like harm myself, but I need to challenge myself to grow. And that's why I put these disciplines in my life. Um, because when time gets hard, you, you need to be battle tested, so to speak. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the mission that I sat out on was, you know, to re 
like redefine my life and put some, put some disciplines in there. So I could achieve the things in life that I want to achieve. And, uh, I could be, I could be a man that I would respect because it was important for me to respect myself. And so, you know, when we were talking, it's like, well, it's funny that there are people out there that look at us that do a meal plan, like her and I Mm -hmm. do a meal plan. I think you heard us talking about this conversation, but for the sake of the podcast, we do a meal plan, very regimented. Uh, We did a 75 hard and... I don't know the air out there. I don't even remember who said it or how many people. And it's like, oh, well, this is, it's just easier for you. And I go, I just thought to myself, how is this easier for me? It's, it's very difficult. It's hard. Um, And it's funny that she felt the same way that, you know, Maybe people are saying it. Maybe people are just implying that it's easy for us. But you get better at what you practice. I think what people see is that you two are very disciplined. And when you decide something, you stick to it. That's what they perceive as being easier. Because you two have the ability to set a goal and accomplish it. There are not many people in this world, if you really look at it, that can set a goal and actually attain it for themselves. Not because they can't, they're just not disciplined enough or they don't know how. Yeah. I, I'm constantly setting myself up and saying, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. This is my goal. And I am the first person to throw myself under the bus and go, nah, I, I got to take care of all this other stuff. I'll be last. And I stay last. It, that's, I just don't have the follow through yet. I did for a little while, but it's, um, I don't know, it's gone somewhere. So I yeah. think that's what people see. Cause like listening to you and your brother, your brother is the same way as you. The difference is he does smaller tasks that he knows I've done this before and I can, I can do it. But once you stretch that even just a little bit, uh, no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not doing that. Because he's never done it before. You're stretching him. And he, he's not going to stretch. He likes his little box. And he's going to stay in his little box where he has control of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for him to fathom how anybody else is willing to stretch that box. When you could just stay right here and be comfortable. It, it, it just doesn't. It, it rattles him. He doesn't get it. But if he would go back to however many years ago. He did stretch himself. Mm-hmm. He did do things that he didn't think he could do. But I'm learning, and this is kind of where I'm sitting mentally, is everything that we've done, be it an accomplishment or a scary thing or a fear that comes up, whatever it is, there's an emotion and a memory attached to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we gravitate to. So you automatically go back to, if you don't change it, you mm-hmm. go back to that feeling and your mind goes, um, no, we're not doing this again. I'm not going back to that. That could be good, bad, or indifferent. It just depends on how you yourself see it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like um, joking around with the kids because they're talking about going to the dentist. I hate going to the dentist. I have anxiety about it. I have to take medication just to get in the door to get work done. But that's because as a kid, I went through a lot of stuff and the medication they gave me didn't work and I had a lot of pain. So I have trauma from it. Nobody's fault. They didn't intentionally hurt me, but it's something that I revert back to. Just the thought of going to the dentist can put me into an anxiety attack just the thought so I have to retrain myself that last doctor that we had as soon as I explained my situation I had everything I needed before I even left the office these are the meds you're going to take this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to help you by the third time I went in to see her I no longer had anxiety going to see her 
-hmm. and I didn't have to use the medication. But it took finding something to rewrite the memory and rewrite the emotional attachment for me to be able to do that again. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen anybody here. I don't know what it's going to be like when I get here. I'm going to try and hold fast to the change. But there is still that part of me that's like, oh, God, I got to go through this again. I don't know these people. I don't know if I can trust them. They're not the same person. But I got to grow through it. Yeah. And it's and it's more than just the dentist. Oh, just yeah. Like, just like for me, it's more. But discipline is built one brick at a time. You can't, you can't try to place four or five bricks at a time when it comes to discipline. It has to be one brick at a time. And it comes to, and it can be overwhelming to think about it. And the way I got myself through it is like, it's like, oh gosh, man, I, you know, being a forward futurist thinker, it's like, I gotta, I gotta make 50,000 right choices. And it's like, no, you don't, you just have to make the next right choice. Which is interesting, you know, because Jeff's philosophy of do the next right thing. I I built that very thing into creating discipline for myself. We are so afraid to feel pain. But, and, and look, what you are looking to achieve is on the other side of discomfort. It's on the other side. It, it, the, the whole fear of feeling pain over something needs to be demystified because well, really it's, it's smoke. If you allow yourself to feel the pain and do it anyway, you do begin to exercise that discipline muscle. And so you're not pushed to and from by the things that happen. If you, and if there's an area in your life where you don't waver, you can take that and apply that to other pieces of your life and be okay with the pain. Allow that, welcome the pain because you know what you are looking to achieve for yourself personally is on the other side of that. Take this for example. Um, the, you know, a funny, handsome, um, romantic savvy man you meet him and he's into you um just in your mind now are if you could have him would you have him um or would you honor our relationship and forego that experience that's a no-brainer it is a no-brainer because that's something you decided yeah so now you take that that blueprint and you, you don't try to fix everything at once, but you go to, say, your diet. And now you've made the commitment to yourself. But see, that's the difference. That's where, that's where the wires cross. I can make a commitment to you. I can make a commitment to the kids. And I can hold fast to those. A commitment to myself, I do not hold to. So that's where I come back to this. Jeannie needs to redefine loving herself. So self-worth and value. Why do you, why would you, I mean, if you, I hear the conversations you talk to our daughters about when it comes to money and spending their money. And it sounds like me talking to you. Not yeah. that I'm your dad, but it sounds it sounds like me talking about a budget and sticking to a plan and doing it. So redefining, just going back, because really, you know, it's about, like, like Rita said, it's about the iceberg. What's below that? What is the root of this issue? And that's where... That's where you're going to find, um, that's where you're going to find the answers and how to rectify and heal this situation. That's where it's at. It's like a, a common, a common friend of ours that has to tell everybody 
that he's the boss. So if you have to go around telling people that you are the boss and you're in charge and this is what, you know, you deserve, are you really the boss and are you really in charge? No. No, and you don't deserve shit. And so <laughs> if you if you kind of step back and look at yourself and make a commitment to yourself, like, you know how the Bible talks about, you know, you, what is faith? It's believing those things that you cannot see. Well, if you understand where your value is and why you are worth making a commitment to, because truly, if you can't keep a commitment to yourself, you're not going to keep commitments to other people. You're not. Because building internal credibility is where this begins for all of us. Why don't you trust yourself? Why don't you value yourself? And it doesn't have to be a complicated answer. What it can be is a matter-of-fact decision. And how, how do I say that? Because when it came to eating, I said, well, here's where I'm at on this situation, and I will apply it to this situation. So would I violate this? No. Am I going to violate this? No. I'm not 100% perfect when it comes to that. But if I fall, I get right back up. Because we're all going to fail at things. It's just a fact of life. But wh whatever, whatever it is, wherever it is, you know, that's a journey that I, I can only, I can only walk beside you, but I cannot walk in those shoes. And I, I'm preaching to myself right now, as much as I'm talking to you, because I lack self-confidence. I just do. I lack it. I fight with the, I'm not good enough thing all the time. Um, but I think it's an important, it's like a, a, an important place in your life to come to because you're extremely talented. You're an extremely wonderful individual. You're outrageously gorgeous. We already know that for what it's worth. So the things that you want to accomplish are on the other side of the pain and the discomfort that causes you not to move forward. And it's very important that you understand or that you define why it's important that you embrace that pain and move forward through it. I mean, our greatest example as, as Christians is Christ and the apostles and what, you know, and the pain that they had to embrace to move forward for the goal. And so you can look at, I will always be faithful, you know, to my husband and my vows. And then you take that mechanism and you apply it to one thing and you practice remaining faithful to that vow. And the more you do it, the more, the more you grow discipline wise to be able to duplicate that. And I know we're wired different. I know we are, but you have you have just as much ability to do this as I did. Completely. You do. It's one brick at a time. And who cares how many times you've started? Who cares? But getting to the root of the issue is where we have to go. I'm searching for a few roots in myself right now because I want to. I want to find them. I want to rectify those situations. So one thing I know about you is if you seek something, you, you will find it. You will. So I encourage you to find out what that is because I, and you know, as well as I do, when you talk about self love, it's not like this selfish, Wokish, everything is about me. Self-love is more, in my opinion, is more, I'm going to ensure I'm healthy and as whole as possible and that as many of my wounds can be healed 
are healed or are healing so that I can turn that love outward and give it away. It's a big difference to what we see in our society today in the American culture. Um, but it's, who cares if it's not easy? Who cares if it hurts? There are plenty of things in life that hurt a lot just before you get to the place you want to go. So you look at the mechanism. You look at the mechanism. That's going to show you what the need is that you're trying to fill. And then you have to follow that down to the root. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that's where you're going to find some of the answers that you're looking for. But it's also going to be the place where some of these deep-seated, silent, but influential pains are that you can get healed. You can get emotionally healed from. There will be wounds that turn into scars, but that's okay. Scars are okay. And I, I, w- I want to make sure that, you know, I can support you however that is. You know, the whole money thing has been such a difficult place for us. And I hate being frustrated or upset with you. I re- it's one of the things I hate the most in this life. It bothers me to the core. It doesn't mean I'm never frustrated or upset with you. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, and it, and this message is not just singularly for you. Cause like I say, I'm talking to myself too. There are things that it's, it's like, have you not suffered with this crap long enough to do something about it? And if your kid came to you and said, here's what I'm suffering with, or here's what I'm struggling with, or here's what I'm going through. Would you not want to do everything in your power to help your child Get on the path to overcome this. I know you. The answer is yes. Without question. Mm-hmm. So how much more should you do that for yourself? Because once you've gone through the experience of something, now you can impart that to other people. I can impart what I've done. When it comes to parenting and autism, um, advocating for your children, you, it's a part of you. So now you can impart that to mothers, whether it's health, hospital, you know, IEP plans, whatever. You get into go mode and you can impart it. It's a part of you. So that's where this, that's where this comes to. It comes to the time where it's like, okay, now this is the valley you cross. You won't cross it alone. You have faith. You will not cross it alone. Um, But once you come to that place, now you start imparting that to the people you come in contact with. This goes for you and for me and for whoever's listening. Do not, you demystify the pain and discomfort. Run at it. Full speed, run at it. And embrace the pain and the discomfort because what you are looking for is right on the other side of it. And the more you run at it, the less effect it will have over your life. And you will start to, you will start to make strides in how you're redefining your life and how you live your life. Um, and that's where, that's where it is going. Things are going to change because it's obvious there is a deep seated wound that is not healing in your life. It's there. And so how much better is it when there's, when there's something that's going on between you and I, and we are just not in the same page. We're not in the same book. We're not even in the same library, but we come together have a hard talk, 
we face that ugly piece, we face the pain, and then all of a sudden we start realigning ourselves with one another. There's a beauty to that where it's like, we're back to us. We're, we're back. We're congruent. We're back to where we are. It's a thousand pounds lifted off your shoulders. There's oneness. There's connection there. Now, you know, intimacy returns. And we go from here, like our hands separated, to something that's interlocked. Because there's nothing between us anymore. There's, no, there's none of that pain that's between us anymore. Because we've reconciled it. And that's all, that's all we are doing in this situation. Maybe there's one thing. Maybe there's ten things. It doesn't matter. It's just done brick by brick. That is it. It is brick by brick. I need to rectify some things in my, my life. Quincy Moran, you need to rectify things in your life. I know you'll be listening to this podcast. I know it. And when you're listening, I am challenging you right now. Look in the mirror. Glance in the rearview mirror as you're driving down the road. And admit it and embrace it. You have things that need to be rectified. So do it. People are waiting for your impartation. Those places in your life that you need to fix so you can impart that to them. So get to it. Let's point at that sticker because I like that saying, but I just don't like to say that word. I did a lot of talking there. Can you give me a little, can you give me a little feedback or give me some words? I don't know I'm, my voice is echoing in my head as you're talking. So I don't know. I can, I can rattle off excuse after excuse. Um, I do try to tell the kids when they're going through something, how to fix it or whatnot, but I'm not credible. I know that and they know that. You have the discipline. You're the one that makes the changes. I don't. I always fall back. So. I don't know. I don't know where it stems from. I don't know what it started at. Um. I just know it's there. It's not, um, it's not that I think of you as better, but I could see why, like with your brother, I'm on the same page. There are some things that I just, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't bring it to you because you've already done it. So you're not sitting in the same spot I am. You're past it, which is great. But I'm not past it yet. Then it's kind of intimidating when you're not past something. And there's someone next to you and you're just like, dude, you've already done all this. I get it. You've done it. It's great. You've done it. You can get through it. You know how it works. You know what you're doing. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. I'm not there. And then you kind of compare yourself. It's a shit spot to be. That's why he's always poking fun at you. Mm -hmm. That's why he's always jabbing at, you know, why are you going to cut out creamer or why are you going to cut out sugar for X amount of time? Or, you know, why 75 days? Why not 30 days? Why not a shorter sentence? Um, because it's a challenge that he himself knows he couldn't do. I'm the same way. Y'all pick my birthday weekend for a cheat day. So I got to wait six months before you cheat. Not on me, but on food. And it's like, you know, I'll make all these mistakes up to the cheat day. And then I will join in the fun on the cheat day. And then come Monday when you guys go back to your 
regular discipline, I fight with myself because I can't get back to the discipline. It's more like, I guess for me, it's more like, what am I going to lose? What am I giving up? Do I really want to give it up? Part of me does, part of me doesn't. And usually it's the most comfortable one that wins. You know, I, um, it's different now though, because now with the words in my head, I just have a different filter. I have a totally different filter. I don't know if it's good or bad yet. I don't want to be so restricted because I'm constantly worried about, am I being selfish? Is this going to upset you again? Um, I don't want to be so strict on it that I don't let myself do stuff. I have to find the balance in it, I guess. Yeah, and I'm I can relate to that because, you know, you know how I was when I first started with with eating, um, like changing my life and and getting healthy. Uh, I was so I was so regimented that when Anissa made something at school and brought it home, I wouldn't even taste it. No, I'm on an eating plan. I can't do that. Um, but I learned from that. And you can, you can make decisions once you know you can trust yourself. That's where the hard, that's where doing the hard work comes in. If you understand you can count on you, then you can have flexibility. But while you're building your foundation, while you're building your foundation, um, it takes the work, the hard stuff. And I'm going to, I want to tell you a story real quick and then we can, we can end this podcast soon. But one of the most meaningful conversations I ever had, um, and I've had a lot, but one of the ones that sticks with me is when I was with coach Jack and, uh, you know, we were at a coaching clinic and, you know, one of his children had had a seizure and, uh, I don't remember, you know, the process that all that all brought this together, but you know, we're all sharing hotel rooms, so we're laying there and we're talking and uh he starts talking about how he was feeling going through like it had happened. This particular situation had happened or whatever it was. And may and maybe it wasn't the, the seizure situation, it was just trauma to his son. Okay. But he knew what it felt like to be helpless, to feel helpless. And actually it was after the seizure because we had gone to the hospital and everything. And, you know, know, I know what you're remembering. And, you know, as he was talking about what he went through, it's in the past, but as he was talking about what he went through and how it affected him and what his greatest fears were and where his faith was, et cetera. Without me saying a word, I just was like, Oh my gosh. Thank God for somebody that I can relate to. Thank God for somebody who's been through this. And with just a few words, we both understand what it feels like to be in this situation. And because of the time we were going through it and he had been through it, I just knew, I just knew at that point that I could share my heart and I wouldn't have to explain it, that he would just know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And we, we, you know, we see, I'm just going to leave the story there only to say that it has been a long time since I've been there, since I've been in those hard places of creating the disciplines and overcoming it. But I haven't forgot where I came from. And I won't. And just because you're in a different part of the journey 
doesn't mean that I can't sit there with you and remember and know how hard it is to get through. Because I can relate 100% with where you were. Or where you are in the moment. Because I've been there. And I don't look down on you. I don't look down on you. I don't think less of you. I embrace the moment because I know how it feels to be there. And the hard part is for me is I truly didn't have anybody to go through that with me that had been where I was. I met I met people that helped me get there. But as far as where I was and my situation and my circumstances and being so overweight, etc., and having to reclaim my health, I didn't I didn't have anybody that could understand where but I was. But you did. You had Josh. You guys went through it together. I understand that, but Josh didn't have a family. Fair. Josh didn't have, he didn't, his circumstances were not like mine. It was different. That's fair. We did have each other to lean on, but you saw how hard I worked and I made no progress, you know, visible mm-hmm. and how it worked for him. It was different. So I would just encourage you to say, and it's like I explained in that text and I, and I get that it's intimidating. If I went to, to sit with Jocko Willink and say, oh, here's what I'm dealing with, or David Goggins or somebody like that. It's like, here's what I'm dealing with. I, I would feel, I'm sure, how you feel. But the fact is, is that I'm, I'm really nobody special. I just made some decisions. That's it. That amazes me that you don't see what other people see when they look at you. You're nobody special. Dude, you've been on a pedestal with everybody who's ever known you for years. And that's why. Because you can make a decision and you could stick to it. Go back to when we were dating. All those people in the youth group that kept putting you on a pedestal and you couldn't figure out why, it's because you made a commitment And you stuck to it. Even when you fell off, you came back and you stuck to it. The rest of us around you couldn't do that. We'd fall off and we'd stare back up and try to figure out how the hell am I supposed to climb back up there? You didn't guess. You just did it. In your job. You make a commitment. These are the goals that I have and this is how I'm going to get it. And you have been hit. From all sides, in all manners, good, bad, and ugly. And you didn't waver. You still attained what you planned to attain. Even if you didn't get it the way you wanted to get it, and it didn't look as clean or as pretty as you wanted it to, you still did it. And the people around you couldn't figure out how you did it because you didn't, you didn't use the traditional methods. We'll put it that way. You didn't do it the way other people do it. You did it the way you saw to do it. Losing weight, going through all of your healing, all the the sickness, everything that you've done. Dude, everybody sees it but you. Even now, in the position you're in, why do you think these people are drawn to you? Why do you think people who have only known you for a matter of weeks or months are coming at you for things that are way beyond what you even imagined for yourself? And you're constantly in awe at what they have to say and how they respond to you. That's why. Nothing special in my ass. You wouldn't have me if you weren't something special. That's, that's the truth of it. But that's what it's, that's what's intimidating to a degree 
because we all want to be that. We all want what you have. But we don't want to go through what you went through to get there. That's that's what it amounts to. I mean, none of this was an easy road. And not everybody sees that. I, I understand that. Not everybody has seen where you had to travel to get to where you are. A lot of people might look at it and think you made a decision, you stuck to it, and you just kept the commitment and kept going. While that is true, there were a lot of side roads and a lot of you know roundabouts and things that we had to go through to get there. But you didn't waver. You just kept going. I get on a roundabout and I spin. And I could spin for weeks. And then I might turn off and be okay for a little while. And then I get back on another one. It's just a longer road. But don't you dare sit there and tell me you're nothing special. Everybody sees it. It's just you who doesn't. Let me say, let me say this. Because I didn't finish the other half of that statement. But I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're saying. Because I want you to mirror those words that you said to me. I'm nobody special. Because we're all special. I'm just one that made decisions brick by brick. So don't you sit there and say that you're not special. I didn't. Okay. Which means you have the potential that I do. I know that. Not to accomplish... Maybe not to accomplish the same things, but what you are built for, what you're designed for. I don't doubt that I can do it. I don't trust myself to do it. I know I can. I've done it before. That's, that's the main reason I can sit here and do this with you. I know I can. I have to figure out why I don't trust myself or why I don't. What am I afraid of? I haven't figured that out yet. That's what it boils down to. There has to be something I'm afraid of. True. And you can. And it's a healthy exercise to try to figure out why. But in the meantime, you can start immediately building trust with yourself. I only know because I had, I had to do it. It's my internal credibility philosophy. And that's really where, that's where it's where it starts. Doing small things, making decisions, and becoming somebody that you can count on. It may sound simple in words. It's not. You have to you have to embrace the pain as it comes along because it's easier not to. It's easier to stay, you know, in the place where it's comfortable. But simply, you don't have to get caught up in all the decisions that you have to make. Because all you have to do is make the next right decision. It's the only one you can decide. It's the only one you have control over. You get to the point where you love to say, okay, I love to trust myself because I know. And look, there, there, there are places that I just, you know as well as anybody, that I fail I just fail, fall flat on my face. Some places for this family that I don't come through with consistency like I want to. Um, but we all got to start somewhere. The most important part of the journey is the first step you take because none of the steps are even possible if you don't start somewhere. I guess if I had the idea this episode was going to 
you know, kind of finalize the previous episode and be a little bit more lighthearted and whatnot, I was wrong. You asked, where am I and how am I doing? This is where the argument we had led to. I don't regret it. <laughs> I'm not saying that like I regret that we have gone this direction. I said from the beginning, I believe, that I didn't know it's unscripted. I don't know where it was going to go. But I, I have a certain fondness for awareness. I love it and hate it. Mm-hmm. Truly. I love it mm-hmm. and I hate it. Whew. Well, I think we're going to call that one done. Okay. You know what else I hate? <laughs> uh, I love you. I love you too. That was fun. Noises from the Moran Family Studio. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up right there for this particular episode. It's pretty heavy. I don't know where you can kind of look in your situation or what words that were said on this particular podcast that uh, that meet you where you are. I pray, I pray there was something that you that is helpful for you and where you can find value. And uh, we are here. Email Quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. And uh, we're here to help. She is my wife, Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy Moran, a.k.a. the Q-Dog. And this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast.